Faltegrian Podkrela Korale Tomas. A kind sport led Dina Sport Tool. A goal led Benetti. I remember saying to him, this is some trip, Sean Murray. This is unbelievable. <laughs> he says, it's not a trip, Muggsy, it's, it's a tour. And I was like, no, but you know what I mean? He says, no, I don't. Crowd there again, DNG, or the again, DNG, ダッシュダッシュのカヴァネ。いや、とととととゼレンジ、エニウェイ、エリアン、ガルヴネ、エニウェイ、ダッシュダッシュブランドエミネ。コロレトマス、ダストデエピソードインデザカレンシリーズ
lucky enough to play for them for a few years as well. Like, there's no club that are hampered more than Nemo when it comes to county and club. Like, down the years, like, and I, even when we were at home with the Gaeltacht, we had five or six lads in. Nemo always had a good contingent inside. Yeah. It always hurt Nemo as much. Yeah. It was an absolute, and you were there as selector, Colin. You know, did you um, notice it as much as a player because you were involved with Cork and Nemo? But when you're there as a selector, it's an absolute nightmare to have a successful yeah. club, isn't it? Yeah, I, I actually retired and came back to the club and played the year with the club. I was I did a lot of injuries at the time and I, I could the, the county lads were still away, you know. It was very frustrating, you know, to wait for them to come back. I never realised that actually when you're playing. So it's, it's it was kind of like, um, you know, we went out and did our thing and didn't see the club lads for kind of two months. And then coming back for a week or two and then going again, you know, and it was it was like seeing it from the other side when I retired, it was very difficult. And I, I don't know how the lads kept training for that three or four months in between, yeah. afraid to go on holidays because, you know, there's no schedule really in the GA. You could have a game set up within two weeks, you know, of maybe being knocked over the county. And you don't know if the county wins, you mightn't see, you might have a game for another six weeks after that. So you're kind of on tender hooks for a while. And, um, you know, you could be out in 10 days and you have to be ready for that and nobody was going on holidays. Oh, I, I thought it was it was fairly sad, to be honest, you know. Very different. There's always, the, yeah, it's the club player that get that gets the, the shafting, really, when it comes down to it, like, you know. And I yeah. think a lot of people know, and there, there were counties, I suppose, involved in those counties training and all that, and um, they're obviously not allowed to train. The club will get their window. And I do think next year, I, is, like... I could talk about and certain things in GA annoy me, but the biggest thing of all is the fixtures. And I think if anything comes out of this year, Colin, we'd probably next year that they will go about mm. coming around about a plan because Jesus Christ, the intercounty season is a long season. Like when you were playing intercounty, wasn't half as long, was it? Because it was direct knockout number one. League was played in the autumn as well, wasn't it, Colin? It was. And to be honest with you, you did have a Christmas off, you know, and you you like from yeah. from October to kind of, um, you started mid-January, you know, back training, you know, and uh, there was a great break and there was there was no interruptions unless you were playing with your club later on, like in that in that window. But um, in the early, in the early 90s up to the the early 90s, we were kind of, we weren't kind of doing well with the club and we had those breaks, you know, but um, in one sense, they were hard enough to kind of come back and do a bit of pre-season training because you had that kind of, you know, mentality that time you could go have a few pints and go training and stuff. You know, it was it was a different times, but we trained hard. But it was a it was a good it was a good uh, kind of a season. You were kind of going out at the end of February, uh, playing league game, and you were I think you finished your last league game, whether you were in the the semi finals or finals of the league. You'll be out the following week in championship at the end of your league game. So there was no kind of waiting around. You were kind of in and. You know, it was every three weeks then if you kept going, you know. So, in that sense, it was great. But, you know, the soccer lads here at the moment, you know, in, in Cork, you know, you'd have a situation where they know every week, you know, especially the young fellas and fellas a minor and the 21 and fellas playing soccer in the off-season with the club here, you know. So, and they know they have a game every week, you know. They know the, they know the schedule, you know, months in advance. And, uh, you know, they can work around that. And uh, I can't see why the GA can't do that, you know. Now the dual player comes into it, I know, but uh, and it's a big problem in Cork. But you know, you know, if you have to play a dual player, you know, you're going to have to play two games a week, you know, to keep the schedule going. You know, I feel. Anyway. I was just going to say to it, like in Cork, and I don't think people realise number one, if Cork was a one sport alone, a dominant one sport, because the two sports are nearly in a, in a pile of counties, but the size of Cork, Colin. Jesus Christ, you'd have to like you. You, you could get a, a West Cork club there in the league or whatever, and you go off, off down for a, a Keller Shield match. And Jesus Christ, it's two hours drive down the road. And Cork is a huge county, but then when you throw up, you throw up uh, the hurling and the football at club level. And if the footballers or the hurlers intercounty have a successful year, Jesus Christ, you're going to. It's 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 literally. I remember with Nemo one weekend. You played a county championship, and then the following weekend was the Munster Club semi final or something. It's so sure. tightly packed, isn't right, it? Sure. Well, it's tightly packed from kind of August to kind of October, and uh, with the club scene and the um, and in the county in Cork. 
you never kind of seem to have a situation where you have the, it's always training in my time anyway, and I think it's a bit now as well, where you're training now in October and you're playing league and then you're going to a situation where the, you don't see your club really until there is Keller Shield matches on. I know the way Cork is at the moment, you're not you're kind of not allowed to play those Keller Shield games and you're yeah. going to go away and you play the league games and you don't really see, you play first championship game in April and as I said earlier, you mightn't play them for 12 weeks again, like, so yeah, it's a nightmare. I, I, and it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare on everyone. It is, yeah, it is. Come here, bring back just that, because when did it all start for you? Were your family steeped, like a lot of, of families in Nemo, were you, were you steeped in the club always, or how did it come? Can you remember the first time you went into the club? It was at, in the old place that time. I, I, I started playing soccer. I was all my family were kind of soccer really my my father was bars all my father's relations were bars of block jesus i never knew that and uh and i played with valley Fihan actually first all right and uh yeah down the old famous green so uh Balfian green and um it was fierce enjoyable because i used to play soccer in valley Fihan, where i was from and basically it was all the lads playing out but it wasn't serious at all like but we were always kind of like 13c or 12c or whatever like you know so yeah I was going to school in Turns Cross, so all my buddies were playing out in all my school buddies were playing out in Nemo, so I had to get a transfer. And uh, Jesus. I was lucky enough actually that um that I was given a transfer because you know in Cork, like you have to wait two years uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you were to transfer to clubs. Right. So, and I wasn't living in the parish in Turns Cross at the time. I was just on the border actually, but I was at Hand. So uh, I was lucky enough that Balfi Hand kind of um uh, bit of common sense really and didn't didn't object to it and um you know I got my transfer. You're like myself, so you're a blow into the club. Um I'm blowing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was I going to say? what age were you then when you when you transferred, Colin? Were you in I was about eleven twelve Le- no, I was about eleven, twelve, I'd say I was still in primary school, yeah. I was about eleven or twelve at the time, yeah. And was it like I often try to explain to people and I, it's a great way of of the Nemo way of playing at underage. And look, it's not always rigidly stuck by, but the, the, the ethos of the club dictates that that it's not the underage football isn't taken. It's not about the winning. It's about getting carrying everybody along with you and making sure that they reach minor level and senior level where it gets kind of serious. And then you turn the heat up on them like and you see what you have. Yeah, it was always like from I played under 12 with Nemo, that's when I started. Um, I played three leagues first, but I, we played under 12. And from there, you could see the teams ahead of you were actually, um, they weren't great, you know, but we always had kind of like five or six very good fellas that would always kind of make it and go on, go up a level and, you know, whatever. But uh, the ethos was, you know, just go out and enjoy it, you know, which is great, you know, for one sense, but... It's very frustrating, I suppose, on parents in the sideline. Then they're shouting, "Why aren't you winning?" and stuff like that, you know. And uh, it's very hard for the club to explain the situation that you know we're just going out. But I always remember it was like Denny Allen would come in then when it was sixteen. It was always under sixteen. You get a coach in, and then it was it was serious time then, you know. And then it was kind of uh, you know it was development time. I know it was really late, but. The coaching was really done in school that time with Crease 3, you know, and uh, it was kind of brought into the club. So kind of Crease 3 was kind of like the apprenticeship uh, that you had on the way up. And then when you got to 16, it was like Timmy Dalton was taking over the 16s, Dini Allen. I think Billy did it one year. And all, most of the ex-senior players were kind of coming in. Jimmy Kerrigan and stuff like that were involved in teams. And it was kind of, um, it kind of went down like that. So once you got to 16, you knew there was a coach coming in and you knew it was a big name. And then it was kind of, you knew it was serious from there on in. Yeah. You mentioned that the coaching in Crease 3. Was it the brothers that did all the coaching, Colin? Because Crease 3 would be a, a fierce nursery of Nemo and a fierce mm. footballing school in Cork for years and years. You you won mm. a Carnivore with them, did you? I did. I did. We won, um, won a famous one, actually, down in... Um, uh, it was against Brendan's actually Clarney. I think Seamus Mining was playing that day actually. Um, right. It was a gale force wind. We were we played with wind. We were only four points up or something at half time, but it looked like they were gonna, 
you know, win with the win, but we held on and for a point win, you know. So it was, it was one of those. We were beaten in an Ireland final then in the replay against uh, Derry Mahara, Derry and Tools. Yeah. Uh, team and um, we should probably should have won the first day, you know. But um, brother Cullum, I suppose everybody heard of brother Cullum, really. Yeah, um, I heard the brother Cullum. Uh, unbelievable. Very similar to kind of um, Billy, you know. It's uh, Billy Morgan. Yeah. Just, just that man management, you know. But he had everything down to a T, you know. Um, we never kind of got into meetings or anything like that. It was just we knew what we had to do. He explained it brilliantly and he had yeah. those teams even he he bad teams that were winning as well you know but we trained very hard uh tomas we trained five days a week after school you know we didn't go home to last six it was horrendous Jesus. horrendous you know but at the time <laughs> at, at the time we didn't think of else only playing ball you know when i came out of yeah. primary school i met brother Colum in the entrance exam he says um the best luck note today and he says that we have summer training to summer camp tomorrow <laughs> and I was like what <laughs> so we used to train the summer summer camps as well but they were great like it was it was it was, it was a great time to be honest do you think do you think it's it's the likes of 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 brother Colum and more like it that and I often am a believer like primary schools and secondary schools like counties are as strong as the schools are and you talk about clubs and you get your coaches into clubs but jeez, you need them inside in the schools. Like you need fellas inside that will take take football and take hurling serious, yeah. don't you? I do, and uh, the brothers are huge lass, um, yeah. and the brothers made it. To be honest, uh, especially in the Christian brothers and Presentation brothers. I mean, they they it was it was all sports with them really, you know, and education. And the, and the thing about it too, like is when when we got into a situation with the school, it brought it, it kind of gave the school a lift too when you're winning things and. Yeah. You know, getting to a final or a semi-final, you know, and uh, even if you were getting beaten, like it's a, it's a huge lift for the school, you know. There was who told me that uh, there was famously any time you won a big game, Colin would the would the brother Colin call out the names, and uh, you'd all be marched out in front of the school. It was a big deal, like winning, wasn't it? It was, was, but he 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 kind of like. He kind of, um, how would I say it? He was very kind of, um, he wanted us to be very humble too, you know? Even yeah. though, like when I was in school, I'd say I won everything, except in our learning yeah. senior, you know, but we got to a final, like, and um, we won our learning under 15 finals and under 14 counties and more. So anything that we're, we were kind of entering, we were winning in my side, my teams, you know, but, and, and I think we won, a, I don't know, it was a five-hour learns in 20 years or something at that stage, you know. Um, and it was getting to a stage where we were kind of, we were kind of hated, you know. It was kind of like an emo yeah. situation where we hated. And, but um, they were the golden years in Creasery, you know. But no, it's, 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 it's unfortunately, it's gone to a stage where it's, it's not, um, it's not going well, you know. But um, he, yeah. he made us very humble, you know. There was no... There was no egos. If you had an ego on Cree Street, oh, you know. You, you out, like, well, I wasn't bait out here, but I know what you're talking about. Actually, mm -hmm. and I wasn't going to mention it at all, but that fucking article that was in the paper recently, and it was, and I'm not going to even spend long with it, right? There was smoke, there was kind of think that you're better, there was an arrogance, and this was being described of, of Eamon Sweeney, he described Nemo, and he was comparing it to Michal Martin, and geez, I don't know anything about politics. But the one thing I said was, I was reading it and I, I says, Jesus Christ, he's describing the club as smug, as arrogant, uh, cocky. And I'm saying, I, I've been inside there a long time. And if it's the opposite of what's actually going on inside in the club. Do you know, okay, there, there's, there's a, a togetherness inside there. And the way the club runs, you mentioned it there, the way that the, the it doesn't matter, is it Jimmy Kerrigan? Um, Stephen O'Brien, Ginny Allen, Billy Morgan, Colin Carkery, Frank Hogan, they all, Brian Murphy, when he was there, they all mm. put back into the club. And mm. like we're all told how special GA clubs are around the country. And there's no doubt in my mind that Nemo are as successful because of the way they're actually brought up. And it's the opposite of what was described in that shite, basically. Yeah, I suppose... I suppose in Nemo, everybody kind of gives back, and that, that's kind of a tradition, to be honest. And um, 
uh, long may it last to be honest but it, it it does work and it's it's proven that it works you know and um you know it's it's encouraged in the club as well you know all the individual players and the the senior players they all give back um and i'm going back now to under 12 uh and under 11 and i seen i seen joe cabinet there doing the other sixes and sevens there um you know back in back back before christmas you know uh, every saturday and that's what it is and it's 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 a, it's it's a kind of an unwritten rule that you're going to have to do it you know for, without uh, yeah. forcing you to do it you know uh, but yeah. going go back to the article we we absolutely respected every club mm. every club that we played no matter who they are and we had rivals we had big rivals now and um, the club i mentioned was our one of our biggest rivals and mm. uh, I have a lot of good friends down there, and I don't, I don't hate any club. I know, but yeah. but we respect everybody, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a strange one. Um, when did it? When did the success start coming, Colin? Like, or when did it? When did you get start getting noticed by Cork? You played minor. You you, you played a minor final. Did you get to a minor final with Cork? Uh no, I was I was a minor two years, eighty eight, eighty nine. And we were beaten by a pint by Kerry once the final both years. Nightmare. And who who would have been who would have been on that Kerry? Who would have I'm trying to get an idea? Who would have been on that Cork team and on that Kerry team coming up against you all along? Mine uh, was the same similar age, was he? Uh I think mine is a bit younger, I'd say. Yeah, he was he was eighty nine, I think, all right. Um uh Palais though was the big yeah. player for Kerry that time in eighty eighty nine. Uh, really good path. Um, eighty-eight then was um, eighty-eight. Oh, Kieran O'Sullivan would have been eighty-eight for me. That kind of way. Um, yeah. Not fella, Not many fellas made it around around my time. You know, uh, into senior. But we'd really good teams. Uh, we'd really good teams. And Cork were bombing it at the time, Colin. Cork were going very well with with. All that stuff with with meat from eighty seven, eighty eight, eighty nine, ninety. They were going well. Uh, when yeah, did you um, actually get to call up to the seniors? Um, I it was ninety two. Ninety two. Um, you went to you went to Australia before, did you? I went to Australia. I won in Ireland on the twenty one in eighty nine. Um, yeah. Steve O'Brien was captain that day. Um. Mickey Mullins and a few lads are playing Liam Honan. Uh really good team. I was brought in for the final. Uh what the lads were you, you were a minor at the time, were you? I was a minor at the time, yeah. And uh when the lads got sick, I think. Um and I was brought in a week before the Ireland or two weeks before the Ireland I trained and I came on for I think for about fifteen, twenty minutes. So I got I got I got a medal. <laughs> Jeez, that was that uh, who did you beat in that final, Colin? Galway. Yeah, they were a good side too. Yeah, good side. Uh, but we had a great uh, side, though. We had a great side. That was the the kick forward like that. That I think that era of Cork was was fierce strong. There was, geez, it was a, a it was a hard team even to break into in in ninety two when you came back. Come, how did the how did the Carlton thing? Like I can imagine now with social media and with all sorts of things that everybody was being seen everywhere. Did they have scouts that time, or how did you get spotted by Carlton, or how did it come about at all? I I knew we were we were lucky enough actually. We the Cork schools tour to Australia when we were seven, when we were um, in fifth class in fifth year actually in school. So we were about sixteen, seventeen, I think, when we went. It was on the seventeen team, Cork team. We went to Australia, toured Australia. <laughs> Great, and. Um, <laughs> I was, I was. We played a few games over. We played a few kind of compromise rule games, and uh, we played a few GA games. But um, we were there for about three and a half, four weeks. It was great. And um, I was offered a few deals that time with Melbourne. I think St Kilda. I think mentioned, but I, I had an offer to go to Melbourne. I, you know, if it was, if I, if I wanted, I could go to Melbourne. So I came home and we did the leaving and. Um, uh, it was John O'Keefe actually was was um was um recruiting guys in Munster to go up to a Carlton trial up in Galway and uh I said I go up, you know. So I kinda got to know Anthony Toll there from the kind of school 
teams and whatever, you know. So yeah, um, I went up to Carlton. Then uh, I say two weeks after they kind of offered me a deal, and um, uh, I kind of waded up and waded up, and Melbourne came in then. But I knew that Anthony was going to Melbourne, so um, I didn't think that option was there for me anymore. So um, I'll be waiting on too much, and there was other trials as well, so I didn't bother. I was kind of I was kind of humming and hawing because I was looking at the car scene at the time, you know, and even though yeah. I was kind of probably too young to kind of get into the team, I was kind of cocky enough to kind of say it to myself, you know, I give it a go, you know. Um, so at the time, I kind of waved it off and I said, look, I'll probably never get the opportunity to kind of be a professional footballer again. So I went over and um, I went very early January 1990. And um, I was two years there, to be honest, two years. Did you feel, did you, did the homesickness get you, Colin, or did you enjoy life out there? Did it take you a while to settle down? It did, because I, I remember, I remember a few years after Satanta Halpin, he was with Carlton there, and I actually met him in town there one night, and uh, he was saying that, oh, sure, I'm home four or five times a year, or whatever. I only got one trip home every year, you know, um, and it was the same. I remember, I remember Jimmy Sign saying to me years and years ago that, you know, Jesus, if you could, if you could last it here, you know, um, uh, you, you know, you'll make it. I would have made it all right, but it, it's lasting kind of, um, you have friends over there when you get there, but it's not the same, you know, you're kind of, you kind of, yeah. when I came home at Christmas, um, it was, I came home for five weeks and, um, geez, I met Billy up in the club one day and he says, what are you doing over there? Like, and you know yourself, like, you can't say no to Billy. Like, he says, when will you be home? You know? <laughs> so when Billy kind of said that, I kind of made up my mind I was coming home. And I, but I had to kind of wait until it was April, May um, uh, to see, because I, I was contracted up to then. So I had to see, but I was offered another con, uh, kind of an extension. So I was kind of weighing it off, but Billy was kind of saying, look, we have a good team, whatever, whatever. So, yeah. And Billy says, you know, it's really hard to say no, you know. <laughs> the training out there, Colin, we've often had a chat and a laugh about it. The training was looking ferocious out there. I'll tell you a good story. i never forget it. It was around the, the 4th or the 5th of January, 1990. And I was a bit jet-lagged. So I was, I was, we got off the plane and I was brought up to the club and there was a kind of a, a kind of a reception there and I did look around the stadium and the whole lot, the big stadium that we had at the time. And um there was a kind of a bit of a meet and greet, you know. And uh yeah. this is great. I was gonna walk it in cockahoot, you know. <laughs> so they said, Look, you've been jet lag, so look, the pre season training is starting in two nights' time, so we, we want you around for then, you know. So it was really hot at the time and it was they train in the mornings and they train in the afternoons, you know. So I went up two days later anyway, so into the boot room, get your boots, your free boots and your gear and your training gear, your track suits and whatever. I was all decked out and they were taking pictures and all that. And so I went out to the ground anyway and I see all these markers and the whole lot, you know, I'd never seen anything like this. There was poles here and poles there. And <laughs> so I went out anyway and uh, I walked in and I said, Jesus, what's it? Oh yeah, it's tradition in Carrington, like first night back. He says, one 100 metres, 100 of them, 100. 18, in 18 seconds, and 18, and 18 seconds break. So I was like, when is Jeremy Beetle going to jump out here? Like, is this kind of camera what? Like, So I said, <laughs> oh, fuck, we I'll be able to do 100, 100 metre sprints. So I had to go off it anyway, and... I told him that, Jesus, man, I'd never get to this. Like, I have 18 seconds to do 100 metres, and I was, like, looking around at me, and they were all doing it, like, and I was like, Jesus, this is not for me at all. I like going home, you know. <laughs> and uh, the same night, actually, I think it was around the 8th of January, the same night, um, I met my old friend, the old calipers, you know, the fat calipers, and he was my <laughs> worst enemy there for the last 15 years. <laughs> And it was all technical, you know. It was all technical that way. You weren't allowed to lose much weight every week. They wage every week, and they, you know it was all real professional, you know. And um, 
it took me about six months to get fit. Jesus, compared to what their level was, you know. And um, yeah, once but they I, have once a ferocious I, level, Colin, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Like I was doing weights in the morning, like in you know training the afternoon. Then when the sun went down, you know, the preseason was horrendous. I never seen anything <laughs> like that. I was, it was, it was. I, I, I. They used to do a run too, like you know, ten kilometers. Like they thought not the ten kilometers, like you know. So I they used to have. We used to have trams there in um, in Melbourne, you know, and the tram used to come up to Princess Park where we were, like, so I was always last, like, you know, I was miles behind everybody, but I used to buy a weekly ticket there on the tram and I used to catch up on the tram. <laughs> True story. <laughs> that one. I got that was the story. <laughs> so halfway uh, around the, the 10K, you'd jump on the old tram and what, how, how far would the tram bring you? Two or three K? As far as it could. <laughs> Like it's really the distance. <laughs> <laughs> and you got caught eventually, did you? I got caught. What happened actually was um, they, they realised I was doing it and uh, one of the coaches <laughs> came onto the tram and he was waiting for me. <laughs> what did you say to him? I shouldn't. <laughs> I, I said, will I, will I put in my tram expenses for next week? <laughs> He couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and come here, the actual matches, Colin. Did you enjoy the actual matches itself? Like, because I, it's, was it completely different to football? It was. It was, to be honest. Um, it was a good game, though. It was a good game, you know. It was, um, you know, the marking stuff was very good. So once you can get, yeah. get 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 possession all the time, when it was on the ground, it was very difficult for me. It took me about a year to get used to it, to be honest. But um, no, I did well over there. You like. I, to be honest, with you, I would have made it, but the homesickness was the was the killer, you know. Yeah. Would you like say the the mark that's after coming into the football now, Gaelic football? Do you think that would have suited you if you were playing here? I don't. I don't know. It would have made a difference with know? the kicking ability that you had. Like somebody, st- yeah. I just saw it there somewhere. When you came back, then Alan, was was it? Was, Billy was in charge of Cork at the time. Just talk to me about Billy, like, and I've I've seen Jesus inside in dress rooms with with UCC and Nemo Intermediate. He's the man. He's phenomenal. I've never seen anybody actually quite mm-hmm. like him inside in a dress room where he could actually go through you one second, but he'll make sure that you're feeling ten foot tall and out the dress room door at the same time. He's yeah. phenomenal, isn't he? That was unbelievable. It's hard to explain in one sense, mm-hmm. you know, because it's kind of like. Um, and it just wasn't for Nemo, as you said, it was for um, Cork and, and uh, college, you know. He was able to get into fellas, you know, and fellas would go through the wall for you, you know, for Billy, you know. And uh, he just had that ability, that man management ability to kind of um, to kind of get you going. And he, he, he knows when to put your, the arm around you too when things were down, you know. And um, he was brilliant that way, you know, brilliant. But he was, wait, he wait. was, a, brilliant, he was a brilliant coach as well, you know. Yeah, he he always tries even now, like, and you see the hunger in him, and the the passion. And I I've, I've heard tonight that that he's going back with UCC again, hopefully. And geez, you'd only learn from watching him in action, oh, like, yeah. because yeah, geez, it doesn't matter where you're from, like, they go through a wall for him. The you know what I always find phenomenal was in two thousand and one, two thousand and two, two thousand and three, that you he he won the counties obviously and. Did you find in those journeys and it, back from Cross Malina in 2001 and was it was it Ballanderry in 2002 that you lost? You lost two club finals and you came the third time. And were you captain the third time, Colin? You were. I was captain the third time. Yeah. I. It was. It was. It was. Yeah. It was just the hunger of trying to win one was the thing. You know, we had a great, great bunch of lads. We um, we an unbelievable team, uh, from the yeah. point of view. Like we were winning intermediates as well the same year, you know, in in certain cases, you know, and we were we we kind of lost a few intermediate finals, so we had a panel of forty that were any one of them would have played any day, you know, and we could replace a fella in any position, and yeah. he would have done a job, you know, and and that was that was uh, seen in the final too when um, when uh, Brophy came in full back for um, for Niall Gary when he went off and. Uh, and uh, I don't know who else went off now as well. And we and uh, we had a we had a replacements for everybody, you know. 
And it was it was one of those that those four years with Nemo, five years with Nemo, um we played college in ninety-nine, the final were beaten, uh one in two thousand, two thousand one, two thousand two. And um those three those three counties in a row were like um I'd say, you know, we were I won't say we we're never gonna be beaten, but we had that that mentality that we were kind of hungry to kind of within our learnings at that stage and um when we were beating the two. Funny enough, we were we were kind of the star with the foot and mouth, similar to the virus. Now we were we were we were pushed back um from Crow Park into uh Turles to play um to play um um uh I don't know who was it two thousand two. But we were the foot and mouth came out and we were we were kind of delayed, I think I don't know it was five or six weeks. And uh, I think that upset our kind of preparations and whatever. I think we were ready, 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 you know, at a Patrick's day. But, you know, it wasn't to be. And we were beaten well in the day, to be honest. And um, cross mine again, um, it was just, I'd say, whatever happened on that day, there was no one going to beat us, you know. It was one of those days you could feel it. Like, you know, it was, it was, um, it was probably one of the, the best years I've ever had. For yourself as captain and the point at the end, that was one of the best kicks I've ever seen. Um, it was phenomenal. You know, I was, we actually in, I don't know, we won the county championship with the girl in 2001. We came down and we got, we got lessened by E down in, in Parky Creeve. Uh, but I remember in 2004, we got to the final. We got to the club final and it was a huge deal for us. And we got O'Brien, Dara got O'Brien to come up and talk to our lads in the dressing room, whatever. And, uh, the week before the game, and he had done it, uh, done everything really with Cork and with the club, and he was speaking away, and the preparation, he says, and he was talking away, and he was giving us advice, and he was saying, like, and you know, whoever has, no, if you, I, I, I also say this, Colin, we had a gang of, of players back in the Gertrick, and if you gave them a point, they'd be gone for a week, they'd be gone missing for a week. But yeah. O'Brien was going on with it, and he says, there was fellas on our teams, and they'd go down, and they'd have two or three points the night before the game, and they just relaxed him. And um, I could see Dara shuffling over in the corner when he said that. Because if you gave our fellas a couple of points, they'd be fucking gone. Like, they'd be no one yeah. no yeah. in the back. But that's what they did, Colin, wasn't yeah. it? They'd, they'd go for the couple yeah. of points quietly, back up, yeah. and it wouldn't have any effect whatsoever on, on, yeah. on preparations or the match. Yeah. I think it was more, more mentality rather than, you know, everybody had to prepare their own way, you know. Um, the same with me, you know, I, you know, kind of training. I always kind of wanted to be match fit, you know, rather than kind of doing the hard stuff a lot of the time. Once I was match fit, I was grand. And, you know, everybody had their own way of doing things. And, um, you know, and, and fellas used to have points that time. It was a great bonding situation, too, back in those days, yeah. you know. And it didn't, you know, one or two points wouldn't affect your fitness on the day anyway, you know. I know you probably wouldn't do it now, but back in the day, it was, um, it was acceptable. It was kind of nerves, too, you know. Yeah, do you think it's gone too serious, Colin, in the modern game? I don't know, can you actually, how you roll back, but do you think, I don't know, is the same, from what you see, is the same enjoyment or the same characters? I don't know. I often no, get I, for saying it like. To be honest with you, it's gone, it's gone way too serious. Um, I see the lads there now in their own club there, they're playing the county, you know, it's, it's all about fitness now, you know. And I, I, yeah. I, I always said to them that, you know, you can be so fit, but they don't. They don't seem to put too much into the the actual, the simple things in in G anymore, you know. And um, and I, I think that's gone. I think it's you know all this, you know you know yourself the defensive stuff and whatever you know. And mm. I often hear for the saying to me, you know, geez, you wouldn't do in this era at all. Like I'd say, I yeah. I I'd say any but any any player in the county would have done in any era. You adapt, you know what I mean. So and. Um, I remember when Tompkins took over us, like we were doing ferocious training, like, and it was, and I don't know, did it do us any good or do us any, you know, I, I, I think we were just too tired going into games and stuff, you know, and, um, and I, I think Larry seen that and, and got it kind of professional in towards, you know, in the early 2000s and, um, you know, it was training totally changed and whatever, you know, and, uh, and, and, and Larry didn't have to kind of, step back and just do the coaching himself you know and uh, not the physical stuff but um 
at the time, you know, I thought that, I, and I remember in McCroom one night, we were kind of, we were doing a lot of running up and down the hills and stuff, you know, with the floodlights. And I, I remember Brian Cochran um, kind of coming to the side one day and I was kind of, I was kind of near him and I was talking. And I kind of, I knew, I knew Brian, like he was one of the fittest guys I ever knew. But I knew, I knew that night, you know, and I probably never said to Brian, like, I knew that night that we were going to lose Brian to football. You know, because because yeah. of that, like, and it wasn't Larry's fault or anything. It was just that I know, yeah. It wasn't suit and brain, you know. And uh, you know, he went off and being hurt of the year, you know, a couple of years after, and um, he won his couple of Ireland's. But the thing about it is that it was a pity because he was a great footballer, and there was a lot of hurlers like that, you know, that we kind of, you know. Do you think Clark suffer from that, Alan? That that, oh, geez, there's so many, so many at underage level, so many good footballers and then they might go at the the hurling or whatever like it's not the case in Nemo but other clubs then a lot of clubs in East Cork now like they are kind of they suffer from it don't they and it's it's not it's great I think it's the, the biggest sporting county in the country but geez it does hurt them in in like in that they're it it, it's very hard to be a master in one when you're feeding so many of them isn't it yeah I was talking to some guy in Dublin there last year and um he was kind of saying to me that the, the Dublin soccer scene is kind of gone, you know, uh, because of the GA success, you know. But the problem in Cork is that, okay, like from a football, from a Gaelic football point of view, you have to, and I see it in our club there, you have you have guys that are very good and kind of having a go off the soccer scene. There's guys there then that are go, having a go off the rugby scene, uh, which is very strong in Cork as well. And then you have a guy that, if he has to choose between football and hurling, he's he's you know he's going to go to hurling. So you're kind of you're kind of way down the list, you know, in the sports. I think from a Gaelic football point of view. But I always said, even back in our day, it's always every kind of ten years you'll get a really good good team coming up for Cork, you know. And I think that's coming now. I can see there's individuals like from under sixteen up to up to 21, 22, 23, that you're going to get a team when the, the latter age is there, the 23-year-olds I'm talking about now, um, when they're when they're 27, 28, those younger lads will come in and they'll have a team at that stage and they might get four or five years of it. And that's that's the way it's been every kind of 10, 12 years with Cork, you know? Do you think it's, and I wasn't even going to go there, but when you look at, when you look at the raw ingredients of population and organisation, do you think it's very hard? It'll be very hard to touch Dublin if they stay as organised as they do, like and the clubs and the uh, financial clout. It's not that they're being doped, but that they have the ability to draw in so much sponsorship into clubs. Do you think it's like even they have the raw ingredients? I don't know. I, call it, I, I sometimes I get down about it, like because you look at it and you say, "Christ, it'd be very hard to compete with them consistently throughout the whole lot." Like you know, and Cork are a team. Like I look at Kildare Meat. And Wicklow, and you'd say, "Geez, guys, they have population. Why aren't they being successful?" Dublin are doing something right, like to get this the best out of their 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 footballers, like. Yeah, I, again, I, I think it'll, it'll, it it kind of goes around in circles, you know. I don't mm. think, you know, it'll come to a stage where Dublin will will be lacking something, and there'll be some team come over and over again. I think, to you know, there's only what there's only five five counties really that. You can yeah. see in the next ten years winning winning in Ireland, you know, and um, is, is is you know you know the carries you know are Mayo gone or Galway coming, you know, it's um, are any of the northern teams going to come with a team, you know, and uh, you have to be fortunate. Uh, it was like the the Kerry teams in the in the eighties, they all came together, all the great players. Yeah. It's the same with Dublin; they've all come at the same time, and unfortunately. They'll all be hung, they'll all play, 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 and the guys that are coming up won't get the opportunities that these lads got, and they stay in the teams, and then the guys that are underneath them don't play for you know until they're probably 24, 25. and at that stage, the older lads are are gone, and then they're trying to rebuild again. So that that will happen, Dublin, like um, probably in the next three or four years, you know. Yeah, hopefully, it, it, hopefully. It, oh, <laughs> there was a good two or three years there, Colin, and you were at the top of your game. I remember we played you down in the park one day, and um, 
it was a Munster final, I would say, and you're marking Tom Sullivan. Now, Tom Sullivan was one of the fastest fellas that we had in our team. Like, he was the fastest man marker. He was like a hare. But at half time, you're after kicking six or seven points from play off him in the first half. And we came into the dressing room, myself, Dara, and Tom Sullivan were the first three into the dressing room. And we were sitting down. And it was, I'd say it was a good two minutes before anybody came in. I don't know what the hold-up was. But I looked at Dara and I looked at Tom and we were both looking at him as if to say, like, geez, you're getting kind of fucking hammered inside there. And Tom looked up at us and he says, Jesus Christ almighty, the space inside is fucking cruel, he says. <laughs> <laughs> so we, the three of us started breaking our arses laughing. And at that minute, Jack O'Connor walked in and I says, oh, geez, he looked at us and the three of us were breaking our arses laughing and we were fucking being hammered by car. <laughs> oh, you like direct ball in, Colin Knight. Was the three or four years there you were freaking enjoying your football? Yeah, I actually, you know, there was don't really hear everybody was kind of saying Jesus, Cockery is very slow, you know. And I kind of, I kind of, I kind of jumped on it to be honest. Like, leave everybody kind of say age, you know, because I was given the impression that I was slow and too heavy and whatever, all that kind of stuff. And it kind of went into the comedy scene because I, I used to hear for the league games. Jesus Christ, that cockery is fucking slow. And it was the players, like, and I was like, Jesus, would one out today, you know? And uh, I, I, I always remember, especially the Kerry games, you know, because, um, like, we had good teams as well at the time, and you were getting, yeah. you know, good players, or, you know, you were getting good passes and whatever, like, you know, but, like, I was I was quick over 20 metres, you know, and at that stage, if there was anything there, it was great, you know, but, Again, I, I, I work really hard. I know, I know this does sound, but I work really hard on, you know, the things that I could do really good, you know. I never kind of, yeah. like I was never going to be a marathon runner, you know. Um, yeah. You know, I could be a sprinter. I could sprint all day in training, you know. But, um, you know, do 12-minute runs, you know, and, you know, I'd be left all day, you know. So, but I used yeah, to work yeah, on yeah. that. It was very funny because it was, I think it was around 2000, um, Billy... Billy said to me one day in training, he says, you hate that long stuff, don't you? I said, Billy, it's a waste of time. Like, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm getting nothing out of it. Like, so. <laughs> but he said, I, I tell you what, he says, I'll get the lads to do a kind of a short session with Ed, Eddie, Eddie Brophy or Eddie Kerwin. And um, Eddie was doing the club and he used to do all the short stuff with the ladders. Should have heaven and earth. But, you know, it was, only, <laughs> it was only 10 yards, 20 yards runs. Like, it was great. And... Uh, um, kind of got into that. Um, kind of had a chat with Larry. Um, I used my physio was Peter Maher down Carrigaline, and I, I know, used to go yeah. to Peter Lash, and I used to train with Peter a bit as well, you know. And Peter said to me one day, he said, "Look, we said it to Larry one day, he said, look, it's not working. It wasn't working for me, like the long stuff and whatever. I had, I had to kind of pack in for a couple of years too because it was the training was horrendous." And yeah. um, I went to Peter Maher and Peter Maher, we had a chat with Larry and I used to train every morning with Peter, but it was it was the train that I needed, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I worked like that for about four years with Peter and we, we, we kind of worked out a system and, you know, it, it, it gave me that, I suppose, I, I went into my latter years, I would say I was more fitter than I was in my earlier days, you know? So towards the end of my career, I kind of got the most out of it, you know? They always said in 99, when Cork played Mead, that, and I suppose you'd be sick of fellas saying it, and, and that had you been playing that day, Cork would have had a way better, because they had no forward as such inside that you would fear, like, geez, you could cause mayhem inside. We'd have awful meetings trying to figure out who, because I remember the famous day mine, and it was above, and you did everything bar, pulled the jersey off your shoulders, like, um, but it was, they didn't have somebody that could actually kick ball or kick scores or hurt teams like you could. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose, and and, and of course, Stephen Stephen O'Brien wasn't playing that year either. Mm. Um, we, I, I, we had a chat with Larry. I had a chat with Larry um, two years before that, and it was kind of mutually agreed that you know um, it probably wasn't going to work with the training that we were going to do, and. Um, um at the time I was kind of busy in work and I kind of said, look, I'll I pull away and um he accepted it and you know it was kind of 
we pulled away for two years and um, I uh, they got to an Ireland final. But they were going down a different route or a different style of yeah. playing. You know, it was a more of a fitness kind of um, um, game that they were playing. You know, with, with but they were they had a really good team at the time. You know, but um, mm. you know it it just wasn't to be, and uh, unfortunately we weren't. Uh, I wasn't there. Well, you you told me this before, and you might just go over. I remember the two of us inside the bar, and there was tears coming down my eyes with the laughing about the whole Adidas thing that time when when. Um, when just every every game you played, there was a different pair of boots, and I know it was all for a good. Was there charities involved and everything? And Jesus, was was like you were the first fella that I saw. Now you're the first fella that I saw wearing the boots. I could pull it off as well because every single time, it was it was brilliant. But you had a great deal with Adidas at the time, didn't you, Colin? I did, I did. We were kind of um, I kind of knew Paul Maloney for years, you know, and. Um, and then I got to know a guy in Germany who used to do the, you know, he's a player's um, welfare kind of guy, you know, he used to look after the, the kind of professions and that. And uh, GM Secor was his name. And uh, he was actually from West Cork as well. And uh, right. we kind of we got a thing going with the with the boots and um, the names on them and all. Because I was up with, I was up in the, the factory, oh, well, it was an office there in Adidas, there up in Leperstown there one day. And I, I knew Paul for years, you know, and Paul used to be in my gear and whatever, like, and so I called up and he said, go on into the back there and I'll pick out the gear. And I, she said, I've seen Gio name on all the boots around the place. And I said, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> he was saying, hi, Gio, Gio has his, his, uh, his name on the boots. I says, uh, and what about me? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I I think he said at the time, I'm sure I'd only give him to you. I'd only do it if you wear different colour boots, you know, or something similar like that, you know. And he was kind of like, yeah. he said, look, where the, the black ones, we get your name on them for a while. And then there was a champagne colour ones coming out and the whole lot, you know. And so we, we were kind of we were kind of getting into that. But I was really worried too when, <laughs> when <laughs> the first day I wore them. Because I, I was kind of said if I don't play well here, oh my god! And it was a monster final actually against Tipperary down Turles. It was packed. The hurlers were playing after us, and like it was a hurling crow there. Like you know, it wasn't a football crow there. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So I was kind of like, so I kind of played okay that day. It was a draw. We were nearly beaten. Like, but uh, the second day we went out. So we were kind of it was kind of going on and on and on with the boots and uh, you know, I don't know which story I, know I told you. So there's, there's so many, but. We had um, <laughs> we we the we the famous one there with the um, boots. Like James Sakura was a, a bit of a piss taker, like you know. So Paul Maloney was doing a big promotion, and uh, for the Ireland final in two thousand three. So there was uh, my name and the the shamrock was on it, and it was the seventeenth of the third, two thousand three. All the, it was all the trimmings, and there was a big big thing. Uh, conference up in up in Dublin. I wasn't going to it. He was just showing them the boots and whatever, you know, and yeah. there was being kind of a crew there and taking the pictures. So Sikora sent out the boots and uh, so he used to send them direct to me. So he sent me the right ones and he sent Paul Maloney ones with Langer on them. <laughs> <laughs> and this was four four or five days before the match, like before Patrick's day. And like it was going on for a couple of days, and he was getting very bad, you know. And uh, he used to do things like that, you know. But uh, <laughs> I actually gave the, I actually used to give the boots to Steve McDonald, actually the longer ones. So I think he still has them. <laughs> <laughs> and they kept even when you were retired. You still got the old deliveries in the post. Oh, I was. The deliveries were coming for a good while. <laughs> <laughs> they forgot what age I was. <laughs> was great and come here Colin the, the irregular heartbeat geez that that was a scary thing for you as well isn't it when did that when did you find out about that or when did it even become an issue it, it was um, the week before the 99 county final against UCC or is it uh, yeah we played them in the replay actually it was the first game and as you know I said the the, the I suppose the biggest problem was that Dr. Khan was the was the doctor for UCC 
and he, he's my doctor, like. So I was going to the Nemo doctor and oh yeah. Um I was I was I couldn't breathe for a while, you know, and I was getting the I was kinda of getting lightheaded and whatever, you know. So we kind of used a ventilator just for the games and stuff, you know. So I was taking the ventilators or whatever and um I went down and I think Billy actually Khan actually said to Billy on the sideline, he says, What's up with him? And Billy kinda of told him and Jesus, it kind of killed me after. I mean, I, I, as Khan said to me, like, I could have died, like, you know, if um, if it wasn't, you know. But I, I know, I knew then at the time that if I went to Khan, I wouldn't be, he, would have, he wouldn't have played me, you know, and he wouldn't have let me play. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And not to say that the, the doctor Nemo was, you know, but like Khan had, I was with Khan since I was 12, you know, so it was kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of like, um, it was a different kind of. Uh, it, was, it was strange. So I went to Con after then, and then um, I went home one night about a week after that. And um, I was driving into my drive, and it has a kind of a small slope on it. And I drove in, and I just went to blackout, and the car rolled back. And I was straight up to um, South Infirmary. And I was in intensive care. I don't remember going in. I don't remember. Uh, I only wa- I remember waking up actually. It's a funny story. And uh, I woke up after about twenty hours, and uh, my hand was being held by the bishop, Bishop Buckley, and he was praying away, and I was there. Jesus Christ, am I gone? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, Colin, he says, Colin, I'm praying away now. Go to sleep, by. That's all he said to me. And I knew that it was all right. But at the time, it was scary because he had the full gear on, you know? Oh, yeah. And I was there, and I was like, Jesus Christ. I said, you're after getting the morphine, you're going to call the doctor. <laughs> I never mentioned some after. I was actually afraid to mention it because apparently he was after coming in a few times to me, you know? And the bishop, oh, was, the bishop was a good friend, like, so it was kind of like, when he heard I was in there, he was doing his rounds, see? And uh, okay, yeah. I was in there, and he was there. He was there for ages, praying behind up like that. And I woke up and said, "Oh Jesus Christ, I'm gone!" I said, "I'm gone! Oh my God!" And uh, going for how long did you? Well, I came out in intense care about two days after. I came out about two days after, and I spent about two or three weeks in, in hospital. It was an infection in the back of the wall of my heart. Yeah. Christ, um, and and how long did it take you before you actually safely went back playing, or did you have to keep monitoring it throughout your it career, was, or what? It was, it was definitely eight months, ten months. Was it? Yeah, yeah. And the worst thing then, then was, <laughs> worst thing then was Larry came and asked me to come back, and I said, "There's not a chance I'll be able to do that." Side of my <laughs> she was to get out of jail, card like. <laughs> <don't worry> <laughs> Oh, Jesus, we shouldn't be laughing at all. <laughs> oh, stop. Um, and Colin, will you, I know it is, it is you, you were involved while I was involved above and there was two county championships there and all that, but down the road, you see yourself getting involved somewhere and I'm talking years here, like you never know, your own young fella Ross will be involved with the club at some, at yeah. some stage as well, senior level. So do you see yourself getting involved again? or? Um, I probably will, to be honest. I probably will. Mm. It'll be another couple of years, though. You know, so yeah. you know, I've, I, I, I was like, I over the years, I've done, I've done stints with Billy Intermediate. We won the Intermediate County. Um, we did, a, we did, a, we did three or four years with Billy. I'd say on and off. Um, and then with Stephen, myself, and Larry, and Connor, and John Coogan. Um. But they were doing under 21 as well, and John Coogan was doing hurling at junior hurling at the time. And then I kind of came in for three or four years, and you know, it was uh, it's tough going though, you know, it's hard, you know, it's time consuming, but yeah. um, it was enjoyable. Oh, enjoyable. yeah, there's no doubt enjoyable. that we'll we'll um catch up above in the, the clubhouse, Colin. I'm going to leave you at that, but it was an honor to have you on, and uh, definitely delighted you definitely. came on. Um, and sorry for taking up the hour, but hopefully, everybody else will enjoy it, and uh, I'll catch up with you soon. 
and all this will be uploaded to the podcast and all that crack and everybody can watch it there tomorrow as soon as I put it up. So, Colin Cottrig, or Emilia Mahogat, bye, and I'll, I'll be talking to you soon, all right? Thanks, Tomas. Cheers. Good luck, Colin. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Coral Etamas. Don't forget to subscribe and follow for more interviews.